Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here, to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and today's show is a big one. Now, the initial plan was to go through and and actually talk about today's topic, which is going to be the order of importance when it comes to fat loss, and I'm talking about training, nutrition, supplementation, your cardio, all that good stuff, Uh, but I'm actually going to add a little bit more to today's show. I actually sent out an email to my email list. If you're not on that one, it's a a free email from Monday through to Friday. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can sign up for free, but I sent out an email this morning asking my subscribers to send me back some questions that they would like answered on the show, Uh, and I got an overwhelming response. So instead of spreading them out over the next few episodes, I'm going to answer a number of those at the end of today's show. So make sure you stick around for this week's social media questions of the week. But for now, we'll get stuck into the meat, the main part of the show. And I hope you do enjoy today's episode. As always, if you do, I'd love it if you could take a screenshot of the show, of the episode on your phone, and within 30 minutes, post it up onto your Instagram story, your Snapchat, maybe post a link on Facebook Facebook, or just tell a friend uh, about the show that you think could benefit from the content. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do, but let's get stuck into the main part of today's show before we get into a bit of Q&A to finish the episode. Now, when you're buying a new car, what's the first thing that you would look at? Is it the outside of the car, so what it looks like? Is it the engine size? Or is it the floor mats and the glove box, or maybe the seat warmers? Now, I think the answer is quite obvious, and the same rule applies when we look at what's important when you're trying to lose body fat. So let me put it this way, what seems more important to you, the amount of calories that you're eating and your macronutrient breakdown or the fat burner that you're deciding on and the type of carbohydrates you're eating after training? Again, the answer is quite obvious here, guys. So what I'm going to be doing in today's show is going over the order of importance when it comes to nutrition for fat loss. So we'll go through the meat and potatoes, no pun intended there, about what you should be focusing on, what you should be putting most of your time and energy into when it comes to fat loss because it's easy to waste your time doing small little things that really don't matter that much if you're not nailing the other more important things initially in the first place. So we'll get stuck straight into it because today is going to be a big show. So number one, the most important when it comes to fat loss is your calorie intake. So when it comes to losing body fat, you must be in a calorie deficit. And we already know this, but 200 to 500 calories below your maintenance uh, is a great great spot to start. Now that means that you're consistently consuming less calories than what you need to maintain weight. That's all that means. A calorie, calorie deficit just means below your maintenance intake and over time you will lose body fat. So the amount of calories you are consuming daily will ultimately determine your results. And regardless of how many grams of carbohydrates or fats you're eating or the types of foods that you are selecting. So calories are king. That is the most important aspect of fat loss and the number one thing that you need to be, you need to be aware of before you start your fat loss journey, before you worry about anything else. Number two 
is protein. So eating an adequate amount of protein will aid in maintaining your metabolic rate for as long as possible when you're in a calorie deficit and preserving as much lean muscle mass as possible during during this period of fat loss. So because you're you're consuming less energy than your body actually needs to maintain its weight. So we want to be making sure we're doing everything possible to maintain that lean muscle mass. And it's probably muscle mass that you've worked extremely hard for in the first place. So the last thing we want to do is not be eating enough protein, not be eating enough calories, and just losing that hard-earned muscle and losing weight, not so much body fat. So when it comes to fat loss, keep in mind the goal is fat loss, not weight loss. Okay, so not only will protein help you recover between training sessions, but it will also help you feel fuller for longer and making it less likely to overeat or binge. So when I'm in a calorie deficit, I always increase my protein intake because I know it's going to help me feel fuller for a little bit longer. And if I'm starting off with my protein source and I'm, and I'm already feeling a little bit full before I finish my meal, the likelihood of me then overeating and binging is quite low. So, as a recommendation, I would, I would highly recommend a minimum of at least two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. I tend to go with two and a half. Um, I would also, you know, to be honest, majority of the time I would recommend starting at 2.25 grams of protein per kilo of body weight, but it is completely up to you. I think the minimum should be two grams per kilo of body weight. So that's number two on the list of importance. Now, number three is micronutrients, or also referred to as micros. So what these are, it's things like your vegetables, fruits, vitamins, minerals, and these are all extremely important. Now, it's all well and good to hit your macros and your calories and eat basically whatever you like as long as you hit those numbers, but when we're talking about proper health, you know, general health and well-being, we need to be making sure we're eating a sufficient amount of micronutrients. So as a rule of thumb, I like to stick to one serving of fruit and two to four serving of vegetables for every 1,000 calories consumed. So a quick example of that may be if you ate 2,000 calories per day, then you should be eating at least two pieces of fruit and veggies with two main meals, basically. So you're getting your two to four servings of veggies in each meal there. Um, you know, a big serving of vegetables or salad with your main meals will usually uh, will usually account for that serving of vegetables. Um, I don't necessarily track exactly how much a serve of vegetables is, um, but I just like to make sure that I'm getting my greens, um, especially with lunch and dinner. But micronutrients are extremely important, and things like vegetables, fibrous vegetables, all that type of stuff, they're going to leave you feeling fuller for longer. So again. It's just less likely that you're going to overeat and you're just making sure that you're getting all that healthy stuff that you need in your calorie intake because I mentioned, as I mentioned before, it's not just all about hitting your macros and eating a bunch of shit as long as you stick to your calories. 90% of your calorie intake should be coming from whole nutrient-dense foods because you think of your body like a car and I really don't like using this example too much but if you think of your body as a car and the, and the food that you're putting into your body is like the fuel you're putting in a car so you want to you want to imagine your body as a supercar okay so something like a Ferrari and you wouldn't put cheap shitty fuel in a Ferrari so why would you do it to your body 
That is number three. Now, number four is carbohydrates and fats ratio. So the amount of carbohydrates and fats that you eat has very little relevance when it comes to fat loss as long as you're sticking to your calorie goal and your protein minimum. And I mentioned this in a podcast episode the other week. But the more carbs will, however, lead to more glycogen stored in your body and more water being held. So a little extra scale weight, although it's nothing to worry about because as I just mentioned, it is just water weight. So it comes down to personal preference. I personally like to eat more carbohydrates than fats. So more often than not, my diet or my, my macro breakdown will be higher in carbohydrates than it is in fats. But some people respond a lot better to a high fat, high protein, low carbohydrate diet. Uh, as long as they're sticking to, or as long as you're sticking to your calorie goal and your protein minimum, then the ratio of these carbs and fats should be fine. So I always like to just say, figure out what your body responds best to. If you know that you'd prefer more carbs and fats, then that's fine. Just hit your calories and your protein and, and have however many carbs that you'd like. As long as you don't go over that calorie intake and you hit your protein minimum, you will be fine. Number five on the list of, of importance or the order of importance. So we're getting towards the bottom now. So meaning that these aren't as important as, uh, as, as I mentioned at the start, like calories, protein, and micros are. Is your food choices. So number five, food choices. So your food choices should not be restricted, especially if you're following flexible dieting. Only your calories should be restricted. And as I just said then, that doesn't mean that you should be eating something completely different every single day for every single meal. But you should have the flexibility to be able to rotate your food sources around, not always eat the same thing and get bored of your nutrition plan because you know I personally think sticking to a nutrition plan as such is never a good idea because as soon as you eat something off that plan, you feel like you're stuffed up. Okay, You feel like you've, you've gone off track and you've let yourself down and you really haven't. Okay, it doesn't, it, certain foods don't equal fat loss just as certain foods don't equal muscle gain and weight gain. Okay, it comes down to your calorie intake, energy in versus energy out. So, rotating your food sources, as long as you hit your macros and your calorie targets, it is a great way to keep things interesting. I'm a massive fan of it. I like to rotate things around a lot. And a good example of that may even just be your protein source. So maybe a few nights of the week, you have chicken breast for dinner. Other nights, you might have some fish. You might have some steak, kangaroo, tofu even, whatever it may be. Just keep it nice and flexible and don't get too caught up on the types of foods that you're eating. Really just keep an eye on those numbers, the calories, uh, the protein, the micronutrients, they're going to be more, more important. Okay. So I always, I always like to say to clients, especially someone that's just starting out that may have in the past stuck to a really strict nutrition plan is start to focus on how much you're eating, uh, more than what you're eating or at least the same amount because most people are really caught up on what they're eating. So they're looking at this, this food they're eating and going, you know, this is a vegan, raw, vegetarian food that I'm eating so it must be good for me although the calories may be quite high and at the end of the day they may have eaten too many calories so they're not going to see the results that they're after okay and I'm not saying that vegan raw vegetarian foods are bad but all foods have calories regardless of whether we're talking about a big dirty burger that you got from the burger shop down the street or whether we're talking about a uh, you know a really healthy meal or, or something even something as simple as brown rice Boiled chicken breast and broccoli. If you eat too much of that, you will gain weight. Okay. Energy in versus energy out. Now, getting right down the bottom of this list of importance, number six is supplements. So 
supplements are at the bottom of the list when it comes to what's important for fat loss and there should only be a focus on supplements when all five of the steps that I've that we've already been through today are taken care of so it's important to keep in mind that supplements are there to supplement your diet not replace it and a lot of people have that in you know the wrong way around in the wrong order they're they're using supplements and barely putting any focus on their nutrition and wondering why they're not seeing results or you know they might go well this supplement doesn't work so i'm going to try a different fat burner but it doesn't it's not what's important guys like even when i'm in a fat loss phase i really put very little uh very little focus on the supplements i'm using i keep it basic i use a whey protein uh, to make sure I'm hitting my protein intake for the day and just because it's more convenient sometimes. I use creatine monohydrate all of the time. In a fat loss phase, I may use acetyl L-carnitine, um, but other than that, I'm just having my multivitamins, magnesium before bed, and that stays consistent. And that's not what I see as the factors that are contributing mostly to my results because I know it's not. It's my training, it's my nutrition, it's my recovery. Supplements are very low on that list. Now, I want to finish this little segment off with a special mention to water. Now, we all know that hydration is is the key and it's highly underrated when it comes to fat loss, muscle growth, and performance in general. So my recommendation is always just to drink more than you currently are now. I know there's a number of formulas you can use to decide how much water you should be drinking per day, but in the end of the day, if you're drinking more than you are now, then you're going to be more hydrated uh, and you're going to see those benefits. It's crazy to see the feedback I get from clients that... Uh, that I'm that I'm almost forcing to drink more water and they're so surprised at how much better they feel, how much better they look, how much better they're performing. And to me, it's no surprise because your body is made up most of the time of at least 70% water. So if you're depriving your body of hydration and water, then it's easy to see how performance is going to drop off, how you know your, your look, your appearance is going to drop off, your, the health of your skin, your sleep quality... Um, all of that stuff is going to be affected by hydration. So more water than you currently are. So just to wrap things up here, I'm going to go through that list one more time. So order of importance, one being the most important. Number one is calories. Number two is your protein intake. Number three is micronutrients. Number four, carbohydrates and fats ratio. Number five, food choices. Number six, supplements and our special mention goes to water so i hope you've enjoyed that little segment make sure you hang around now for this week's social media questions so plural of the week i'm going to answer three of those today and i'm going to answer another three of those in the next episode so let me know what you think of the show as always feedback is more than welcome send me an email at danny at dannykennedyfitness.com or even just a dm on Instagram or direct message on Facebook, whatever is easiest, but I hope you're enjoying this show so far. Make sure you stick around. All right, so time for this week's social media questions of the week. And as I just said before, I am going to be answering three of these. So question number one, and I said on my email list that I would give that person a shout out for each question. So number one comes from Jocelyn Rawson. Now, I hope I have pronounced that properly. I'm just reading these out of my phone here. So first question is, hi, Dan. Social media question that I would like to know is, what tips and advice would you give to new personal trainers that are young and just starting in this industry? And this is a great question. I've actually done a podcast episode on this before with Tori Truitt. Um, his podcast is The Health Bloke. But And to be honest, I could go on about this all day. But the first things or the, the most important things that I say to someone who's just starting out in the industry and keep in mind that I really 
haven't been in the industry for that long, so I'm sure there's a lot of other people that could uh, answer this question better than me. But what I've found is, number one, make sure you pick a niche or you work in your niche. Don't try and be the jack of all trades because you'll be the jack of all trades but master of none. So when you think about going to hire a personal trainer or a coach, if you're specifically looking someone for someone sorry, that specializes in strength training and you go into Google and you type in strength training personal trainer in Melbourne, for example. Um, but all of your content, all of your marketing is just based around personal trainer who does fat loss, muscle growth, TRX training, kettlebell training, boxing, all this stuff, but you're, you've got nothing specific, then you're not going to be likely to come up. Or if all of your clients are completely different um, and someone is looking for a PT and then your client your client refers someone on to you, but that's not really your, your um, specialty, then it's a lot less likely that you're going to get a lot of business. So I just find pick a niche um, and, and really work towards that and learn as much as you can. And that kind of leads me on to number two is never stop learning. There's so much to learn um, as a personal trainer, as an athlete, as someone who is giving out fitness advice. And you know, I'm constantly reading new articles, listening to podcasts, going to seminars, always trying to upskill because things change so often. There's always new research and studies that come out. Um, and, and I just think it's extremely important to to be constantly learning and giving your clients the best service that you possibly can be. Um, so that I guess that'd be number two. Number three would be um, advice for a personal trainer would be to to put out helpful content. And uh, and a friend of mine now and a client of mine now, Timbo Reed, who has a podcast called the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast, which is epic, by the way. Um, Something that he talks about a lot is helpful marketing and it, it really gave me peace of mind when I read his book and he goes over it a lot about how important it is. But a lot of my content, my emails, this podcast, my social media, um, even just talking to people in person is the purpose of it is to help people. Everything I put out is there to help people and it's free content. It's there to make a difference and, and help people out. And I think the more of that that you are putting out as a personal trainer, the more likely you're going to generate more traction to you and people are going to be more likely to think of you if you're constantly coming up in their feed, whether it's on their phone, whether it's in their inbox, whether it's in person, um, wherever it may be, on a podcast, YouTube, but giving out free advice that's helpful and people actually get some benefit from it, the likelihood of them choosing you as their trainer is going to be quite high. So I won't spend too much more time on that question, but um, they're probably the three things that I would recommend um, for a, a new personal trainer. The next question is from Kate Brereton, and the question was progressive overload question mark. How do we know how much and when to increase? So for example, in running, we have a golden no golden rule, I think that's meant to be, no more than 10% increase every 10 to 14 days to adapt to your body, adapt your body to increased load is our rule with lifting. Now, I would definitely wouldn't say that there's a, a rule of thumb when it comes to progressive overload, but I think as soon as you are comfortable lifting a certain weight for the rep range that you are working in, you should be adding more weight or doing more reps or doing more sets. Now, if you were, let's say, for example, you're doing bench press three sets of 10, you're doing 60 kilos, and it, that became comfortable. Now, 
it's similar to the changes you make to your nutrition and training and fat loss. You don't need to change everything at once. You just need to make a small change. So um, if we were doing three sets of 10 and you got comfortable with 60 kilos, then I definitely wouldn't recommend changing that to four sets of 12 with 70 kilos, for example. I would just say either one, increase the weight to, it could be 62 and a half kilos, it could be 65. If you're doing extremely comfortable, it may be 70 kilos, um, or increase a set, so add another set, or do more reps. I definitely wouldn't do all three, but there's really no rule of thumb. It, it just depends on how you feel and making sure that that increase that you make is just out of your reach, but it's going to be able to be achieved in a relatively short period of time so then you can again progressively overload and just keep moving forward because if you're making massive jumps and then it's just too much for your body to handle, then you're going to be spinning the wheels because you're going to have to take a step back and then try and move forward again. Whereas if you're making those small increases weekly, um, you know, every couple of weeks, monthly, whatever it may be, then over time, those small changes become big changes. Uh, and I guess that's probably my advice when it comes to progressive overload. So let me just find this last question. Um, after listening to your podca- uh, podcast last week, um, can't remember exactly which one it was, but you were discussing calorie and macro counting and the option of ensuring you hit your calories and protein if they are the only two things that you would track. I find that I struggle to hit my protein and mac my macros, sorry, my protein macro every single day. What are the best sources of high protein foods or uh, or drinks for each meal? Some suggestions would be great. And this was from Julie. And I know I'm going to butcher this last name, but it is Gulopoulos. I think I've got that. So Julie Gulopoulos. Uh, that's a great question. Some of the protein sources that I like to stick to throughout the day, um, one extremely convenient is to have a whey protein powder handy whether you add that to to meals like i might add it to a smoothie or my oats or may just have a shake after the gym Uh, another source would be protein bars again extremely convenient great for at work or when you're traveling Uh, the next one i like to stick to chicken breast lean beef um, you know, it might be stir fry strips, it might be a steak, whatever it may be. Uh, kangaroo meat, I really enjoy. Fish, cans of tuna, I eat a lot of canned tuna because again, it's just convenient for me. Like, I need things that are going to be nice and quick, especially when I'm busy. So, canned tuna is fantastic. Um, what else? Tofu, eggs, you can get protein from things like nuts and milk, whatever it may be. There's so many different forms of protein that you can have. And if you're struggling to reach your protein intake, a few little hacks that I often find is to add a scoop or, or half a scoop to a protein shake you're already having or add it to a meal. Really easy if you're having a meal in the morning such as oats, then like I said before, adding a scoop of protein is a great way to increase your protein without having to eat more food um, it doesn't make much of a difference to the meal at all in terms of being able to finish it but it does make a difference to your protein intake for that day uh, and then the, probably the more obvious hacks i guess is to just increase your portion sizes with lunch and dinner but definitely having a protein powder is just so convenient and handy to bump up that intake um, really easily so hopefully that's helped uh, you there, Julie. And thanks, guys, for all the questions. There's actually 
a shitload of questions that I want to get to over the next few weeks, but I won't bombard you with all of them today. So that was just three, and I'll do another three in next next week's episode. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I really hope you've taken some value from it. If you have, make sure you leave a review, give the podcast a rating, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, please do take a screenshot and share it on your social media. That would be much appreciated. But I have talking, I have talking. I have spoken way too much. So now it is time to wrap the show up and I look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.